Hollow Mountain Publishing presents My Castle, Book Two of the Appalachian Storm series, written and performed by Diana Kilpack. Chapter 30. Not Perfect. Katie! Katie opened her eyes. Finding her mom standing over her bed, she saw Jackson's head rise and stare groggily at her mother. Closing her eyes, she wiped the sleep out. Busted, she said privately to him. I guess it was only a matter of time, Jackson's thoughts said with amusement. Now that everyone knows, can we just go back to sleep? Jackson, or Jared, or whatever your name is, get out of my daughter's bed immediately. Her mother's voice had a tone Katie recognized. You have to get out, or my mom will probably shoot you, she said with her thoughts. At least we'll know if we're bulletproof, Jackson replied. Get out now! Her mother grabbed the sheet, pulling on them. Jackson held on to the covers. If we were really naked, do you think your mom would actually pull the covers off of us? She can see we're not naked. That gives her the power to pull the sheets. Katie's mom ran to the door. Reginald, get the gun! Jackson gave Katie a wink and was gone like a shot out through the secret passage door. Her mom turned her head just in time to see the opening slide shut. Oh, no, you don't. She pushed open the passageway and screamed down the small hallway. I'm going to talk to your parents about this. Her mom paced the room a couple of times and sat on her bed, staring hard at Katie. We need to have a very serious talk. Mom, Katie said in a voice she knew didn't sound as grown up as she wanted to. Nothing happened. We were just sleeping. Her mom put up a hand as if she could stop the flow of words coming from Katie. I know these past months have not been normal. I've given you a lot of freedom because of it. I cannot allow this kind of thing happening in my home. We haven't done anything. Katie tried again. If nothing has happened, then I'm glad. But if this keeps up, something will. Mom. I don't even think Jared feels like that towards me. He hasn't even tried to kiss me. Her mother stood up in agitation and started pacing the room. He's a teenage boy and you're a beautiful girl. Of course he feels that way towards you. She stopped in front of Katie. I cannot believe how naive you're acting. Katie sighed, folding her arms. Mom, you don't understand. He has helped me so much. You have no idea how much I lean on him. Her mother held her hand. I understand exactly how you feel. I was once very much in love with your father. Katie became silent. Her mother never talked about her dad before. When I met your father, just looking at him made me giddy. I loved the way he talked, the way he stood, the way he laughed. I needed him in my life as much as I needed air. A tear appeared 
in her mother's eye before she quickly blinked it away. Making love to someone you feel so strongly about is a beautiful experience. If you rush it, it can quickly turn ugly and ruin your life. Katie looked down at her hands, the sheets wrapped tightly around them. I feel safe in his arms, she said quietly. Her mother sighed and wrapped her arms around her. You are growing up too fast, Katie. This turning into were-animals, fighting an evil foe you don't even know is getting all of us on edge. You can't turn to sex as an outlet. I'm not having sex with him. You spend so much time together, Katie. It's only a matter of time, and you will. Her mother sighed. You have to have some alone time without him around. Do not put your whole heart and soul into one person. When he lets you down, you're not going to know who you are anymore. That's the point, Mom, Katie said quietly. He has never let me down. He has always been there, right where I need him, every time. This isn't a fairy tale, Katie. Even the best of people fall short. Nobody's perfect, her mother sighed. I have to take some corrective action. Katie, I'm taking you to a doctor and putting you on birth control pills. Mom! Katie rolled over and covered her head with her pillow. I have to, Katie. It is my responsibility to make sure you don't ruin your life by getting pregnant. As much as I want a grandbaby, you still have a lot of growing up to do before that happens. Her mother got up and started pacing the room. I'm going to have to get you some other forms of protection, she said under her breath. Katie reached over and grabbed her knapsack. Digging down, she located the box of condoms. Don't worry about it, Mom. She pulled out the box and held it in the air. Reginald already beat you to it. He even made me learn how to put one on a banana. Her mother stared at the box of condoms. That man is truly starting to grow on me. Katie walked into the plantation home and flopped down on the couch. This has got to be the most humiliating day of my life, she said dramatically. Her mom didn't look in the least sympathetic. You decide to become sexually active? You pay the price. I'm not sexually active, Katie yelled to no one in particular. She looked up at the ceiling going through in her mind the doctor visit she had just had to endure. I am never going to do that again. Her mother walked over, grabbing a blanket, and started folding it. I hate to break it to you, Katie, but you're going to have to do that every year for the rest of your life. No way! That is not happening. That's what being a woman is all about, Katie. Welcome to reality. Her mother walked out of the room. It was pretty humiliating. Everyone was thinking she was doing something she wasn't. She could just imagine Lizzie hearing about this last little endeavor and... She paused, a thought slamming into her brain. Getting up, she found her mom in the kitchen. Mom, can you keep what happened today to yourself? What do you mean? Her mother said distractedly. I mean, can you not tell Lizzie's or David's mom what happened today? Katie, 
immediately groaned when she saw her mother's guilty face. You already told them? She couldn't help it. Her voice rose into a whine. You were in the doctor's office for a long time. Her mother shrugged. I had to talk to someone. Why not my two best friends? Because they will tell their kids. Ugh! Her face burned. Just thinking about David finding out. I'm sorry, Katie, but if you're going to start doing certain things, you're going to have to deal with the consequences. Katie groaned. Her mother sounded amazingly like Mrs. Black. Katie went upstairs and plopped herself on the bed. A deep, overwhelming sadness enveloped her. She paused, realizing the emotions she was feeling were not hers. It was very rarely she could feel Jackson's emotions. She automatically reached out to him and entered his mind. Jack Price was sitting at his desk. I know you feel you love her, son, but she is not the girl for you. Jackson paused. Katie wondered if he was choosing his words carefully because he knew she was listening. Dad, you can't map out my life for me. I have always resented you deciding who I'm going to be with. And Candy feels the same way. Jack nodded. I know how you feel. I felt the same way when I was your age. He got up and walked around the desk, leaning in a sitting position in front of it. I'm not sure Candy's the right choice either. Katie could feel Jackson's startled emotions. He waited patiently for his dad to continue. I had a meeting with the accountant. We were finally able to follow the money to the original source. It's a small company known as Chicago West. I've never heard of it, Jackson said in confusion. That's because it's not from around here. It's a small subsidiary of a much larger corporation, Franklin Industries. Katie's shock was just as strong as Jackson's. The Franklins are the ones who used to own the Seek compound. Katie's thoughts matched Jackson's words. Exactly. I'm afraid so, Jack Price said. Can there be a mistake? Jackson asked, his emotions desperate. No mistake, Jack said with resignation. The Franklins are up to their necks in this thing. Jared, Katie said with her thoughts. That's not Candy's fault. I know Candy is not involved, Jackson said firmly. You don't know that, son, Jack said softly. Yes, yes I, I do. do. Jackson and Katie said, I plan on going over to Tom Franklin with the evidence and confronting him with it. Jack Price said firmly, That's too dangerous, Dad. I know Tom Franklin for 40 years. I believe I know how to talk to the man, Jack said gruffly. The people who ran the Seeker compound were ruthless, Dad. Jackson shook his head. Kids died regularly. Not to mention the fact, 18 pure hearts have died in the last two months. If he is capable of that, you don't know him at all. Jack looked down at his feet, listening attentively before glancing up. What do you propose? Candy has to be told immediately. Jackson said, thinking out loud. Then I suggest the three of us go and confront him together. I want to come too. Katie's thoughts told Jackson. No, Jackson's thoughts were firm. Why not? This is a family matter, Jackson said with his thoughts. It's between the Franklins and Prices. Shockwaves reverberated through Katie. What? I'm sorry, Katie. 
I don't want you listening in either. Her feelings hurt. Katie immediately withdrew from Jackson's mind. Getting up, she paced the room. Deciding she needed some fresh air, she walked out of her room. Seeing Reginald and her mom in deep conversation, which stopped the moment they saw her, Katie turned and went back to her room. Grabbing her knapsack, she headed for the secret passageway. She ran down the stairs, not caring how much noise she made. Leaving the cave, she changed into wolf form. She ran hard and fast to the only destination she could think of, her waterfall. Katie, where are you? Katie opened her eyes to the intrusion. What do you need, David? Can you meet me at my house? I have several things I need to discuss with you. Katie sighed. Give me 30 minutes. She paused, listening to the waterfall, before finally getting to her feet. A movement caught her eye. Moving quickly, she changed into wolf form, staring in that direction. She couldn't see anything wrong. She took a couple of steps and lifted her nose, trying to smell anything. The wind was coming from the opposite direction, she realized. She didn't think it was a coincidence. The fur on the back of her neck started to stand up. She could feel eyes watching her. As nonchalantly as she could, she transformed into a human, reaching down and placing her knapsack on her back. Turning back into a wolf, she trotted with the wind in her face, knowing there was no one in that direction. Reaching the woods, she immediately sprang into a sprint. Keeping her ears back, she tried to hear if there were any pursuers. No one seemed to be following her. Reaching the black home, she turned and looked behind her. She shook her fur, trying to get rid of the feeling. It was still there. She could feel eyes watching her every move. How many? Thirty-six, David repeated, and it's the only first day. Thirty-six new pure hearts? Katie shook her head. What are we going to do with that many? We're tapped out, Katie, David said warily. Usually, it takes about a week for all the new pure hearts to eventually show up. This is the first day. Are they all cats? Katie couldn't resist asking. David grinned. You're still the oddball around here. She thought about mentioning Zack being a polar bear, but decided it wasn't really the time and place. The secret compound is the only place I can think of, she said, watching David carefully. David sighed. I was hoping you'd say that. You don't have a problem with seekers? I don't have any choice, Katie. To tell you the truth, my parents are going crazy, having pure hearts all over the house. He gestured around him. If everyone is all in one place, it's easier to protect them. Katie frowned. What about the ones at my old house? I believe it's best if everyone is in the same place. David rubbed the back of his neck. This is probably how it should have been in the first place. Katie folded her arms. Candy said, the pure hearts have some pretty strong feelings against the seekers since the attack. They're just going to have to get over it like I did, David shrugged. The way I've been seeing it lately, we're all trying to fight the same evil. Better for us to be together than separated. Katie smiled. I'm glad to see you can change your mind, David. 
David looked a little sheepish. I need someone to point out what I'm doing wrong and tell me what a butthead I am every once in a while. I can do that, Katie said with a grin. I know you can. Katie helped the pure hearts load into their various vehicles. She thought about sending a message to Jackson. Still hurting over his rejection of her, she decided against it, trying not to think about it. She jumped into the passenger seat of David's Jeep to lead the caravan to the Seeker compound. Pulling into the parking lot, David let out a low whistle. Here we are, sleeping on every available surface. Katie smiled. Are you going to be staying here or at your parents' house? David lightly drummed his fingers on the steering wheel. I'm going to stay at my parents. He grinned at her. I'm going to enjoy a little time away from Pure Hearts. It was pretty rough, huh? You have no idea, David said, getting out of the Jeep. Katie reached out with her mind. Justin, Nathan, and Joel, can you meet me in the parking lot? Yes, ma'am, was their immediate reply. She couldn't help grinning when she saw the three guys' response to all the people milling around the parking lot. We have 36 new Pure Heart arrivals. Can you guys find a place for them? 36? Are you kidding me? Justin shook his head in disbelief. This is only the first day, David couldn't help saying. Usually, the second day brings the largest number of arrivals. Zach and Cluxy came running out, gaping at the new arrivals. She grinned at them, casually walking towards them. How was your day today? Zach grinned. We both learned how to block projections. Katie gave them both a surprised smile. You've been working hard. We are not going to be brought to our knees again by one mere pure heart, traitor or not, Cluxy said in a meaningful voice. Katie quickly turned around to see David had jerked his head up, staring in Cluxy's direction. Katie, can I talk to you? Sure, Katie said, feeling uneasy. She had a pretty good idea what was bothering David. I thought we agreed you would keep your thoughts to yourself about Lizzie being a traitor. Katie sat down, folding her arms. The night the pure hearts were attacked, I told the pure hearts here the truth. David ran his fingers through his hair in frustration. The last thing I want to do right now is have an argument with you, Katie. I don't want to fight with you either. He looked at her imploringly. Lizzie, you, and Sam used to be best friends. The three of you were inseparable. What happened? I don't know, David. She shook her head in agitation. The day after we told our parents we were were animals, Tyler's face was swollen and beat up. I asked him what happened. He wanted to tell me, but you could tell he was scared. She looked up, seeing David was listening attentively to her. That night, he crawled into my window and woke me up. He said that was the only time he could truly talk was when Lizzie was asleep. He was bonded with her, Katie continued, so she can enter his mind at will and listen to everything he says to anyone. He can feel her emotions. Katie looked up at David. He was the one that told me. Lizzie hated me so much she wanted me dead. Katie shook her head. I immediately told him he was off his rocker. Lizzie was my best friend, she sighed. 
He reminded me of the night we saved Jackson. It got really dicey, and there was a point when it looked like Jackson, Candy, and I was not going to make it. She paused, trying to formulate her words. We were relying on Lizzie's projections to hide us from the seekers and the malice that were there. The three of us were exposed, and Tyler was made to see only blackness. He entered her mind and could see she reveled in seeing me get beat up. She stood up, facing David. The reason his face looked so bad the day before was because he was crossing an empty road and got hit by a car. She raised her palms in the air. He didn't see the car because she was projecting an all-clear. Tyler had to leave town because Lizzie was trying to stop him from telling us what she was up to. She shrugged. Jackson and I were able to figure out how to block Lizzie's projection. I figured out how to break the bonding when I broke off with Candy. We brought Tyler home. She looked up at David. Do you remember when you, Candy, and Tyler were eating lunch at the diner? David frowned, but gave her a quick nod. Jackson and I were in the woods across the street. We were testing Tyler's ability to block Lizzie's projection. We watched her pull up and hide behind the diner. I told Tyler Lizzie was in place. The three of you came out, and then you and Candy left. Tyler proceeded to walk across the road. Katie shrugged. It was right there in front of us. She was once again projecting an all-clear, when a huge Mack truck was barreling down the road. She even threw a tantrum when Tyler walked across without being harmed. David stepped closer to her. Why didn't you tell me any of this before? I tried. Candy tried. And you wouldn't listen. You automatically doubted everything I said. I'm sorry, Katie. You are just like Sam. You have such a strong spirit and determination to do the right thing. When you're on the wrong track, it's almost impossible to get you to see another point of view. If I don't have all the information, how can I make the right judgment? The only thing I was told repeatedly was Lizzie was a traitor. I never got any details as to how, why, when, and where. Okay, I'm telling you now, the reason why you have lost the respect of most of the pure hearts is because Lizzie is talking about you behind your back. She pointed at David. She is manipulating everyone around her, causing contention. You of all people know what that can do to any team who is not a united force. How do you know? The pure hearts that left you have come to me and told me. You have been loyal beyond belief to Lizzie. Let me assure you, she has never been loyal to you. Is there anything else I need to know? Yes, he waited patiently for her to continue. This compound is the original compound the Seekers were taken to to train on how to become Seekers. Jackson gave his dad the details on how to find it. Somehow, the accountant has been following the money all over Europe as it bounced through I don't know how many banks, Katie sighed. The money finally came home to Franklin Industries. David's face turned a beet red. I will never believe Candy's a part of this. Of course she's not a part of this, but her parents are. Stunned, David's face turned white. She's going to be heartbroken. Katie rubbed her eyebrows, feeling a headache forming. Candy, Jackson, and his dad are all over at the Franklins, confronting them as we speak. Right now? Katie nodded. 
her headache starting to pound. I should be there. We were not invited, nor are we welcome. Jackson was very clear. This is a Franklin and Price family problem. He wants complete privacy. I was not to enter his mind and listen. She couldn't hide the hurt as her voice cracked. David automatically reached out, enfolding her in his arms. Promise me something, he said softly, stroking her hair. We will always talk out our problems and always be close. I would like that. Hi, this is Diana Kilpack. If you are enjoying this series and would like to help support it, I have created a pod fan and Patreon account where you can donate. The best thing you can do is tell your friends and family about this series and let them participate. Until next week, when our imaginations meet again, have a great day.